Hello and welcome to the Citizen Femme and Soil Association podcast with special guests Dr. Organic and Pi in honour of Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week 2023. I'm Becky Murray, the beauty editor at Citizen Femme, and today we're going to be discussing the incredible innovations happening within sustainable beauty. I'm here with Paige Tracy, the business development manager at Soil Association, and our incredible brand speakers. Victoria Harrison, the brand director at Dr. Organic, a multi-award winning natural and organic skincare, body care and hair care brand that made me fall back in love with body moisturisers. And also the founder of Pi Skincare, Sarah Brown. Pi is a brilliant organic and safe for sensitive skin beauty brand, which is the home of my favourite Instant Karma Serum. Both brands are pioneers in sustainable beauty and accredited by the Soil Association. Welcome to you all. So firstly, Paige, I'd love to come to you to discuss the reason that we're all here today, Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week. Thanks, Becky, and thank you for having us, Citizen Femme. It's really great to be here to talk more about the Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week campaign. So Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week is an annual week-long campaign run by the Soil Association Certification. This year, it's running the 11th to the 17th of September, and it forms part of the Soil Association Certification's wider Organic September campaign, which is a consumer-focused campaign really focused on making consumers understand more about what it means to be organic across food, farming, beauty, fashion and textiles. Yeah, and I have to admit, I always get quite excited about this time of year because I feel like discussing organic in the context of beauty is so important but it's also such a wonderful time to discuss innovation and we have representatives from Dr Organic and Pi here today to discuss just that and these are two brands that are accredited by the Soil Association. Yes. So for people listening who might not quite understand accreditation why is that so important within um, sustainability in your opinion? So Unlike in the food and drink industry, where organic is a legally regulated term, there's no regulation around the term in the beauty and well-being industry. And what this means is that brands can say their product is organic, even if it has just 1% organic ingredients in, which is, of course, crazy. Um, so Soil Association certification introduced some of the first organic standards for organic cosmetics and well-being products back in 2002. Um, and our standards today mean that a product has to have a minimum percentage of organic ingredients in order to carry our logo. So 95% of the physically processed agricultural ingredients in a product have to be organic. Our logo, though, doesn't just guarantee that there's a minimum percentage of organic ingredients. It goes beyond that to ensure sustainability in so many other ways as well. So, for example, the standards do not allow the use of any endangered plants. And there is also a prohibition on other ingredients that have been linked to controversial effects on human health or environmental health. 
There are no synthetic micro or nanoplastics allowed, for example, or other synthetic polymers. And we also don't allow ingredients like polysorbate 20, which has been linked to eye and skin irritation in some people. Um, And you will find on the market many products that say they're organic, but don't have certification that will have some organic ingredients in, but then they could also have these polymers, microplastics and other controversial ingredients in. So, you know, we really provide a guarantee to the consumer that the product is not only carrying, um, you know, a sufficient amount of ingredients from organic agriculture, but that we're also considering sustainability in so many other ways as well. Absolutely um, fascinating to hear you talk in so much detail about what really goes on behind the scenes, behind those logos and why it's so important. So now over to our expert panellists from Dr Organic and Pi. Sarah, I'd love to start with you. Um, So first and foremost, a little bit of an introduction, but um, who are you and your brand and what does sustainable innovation mean to you? So Pi is a certified organic, of course, brand um, started from a garage in Ealing Broadway in West London over 15 years ago. So we have been banging this drum for a really long time, always been very passionate about the organic cause and have been certified since day one. And yes, we're a certified organic manufacturer too, formulator and manufacturer, um, but we have a core mission for sensitive skin. I have to admit, I have sensitive skin. It's why I first was introduced to the brand. But through discovering it, I suddenly learned, oh, wow, they're doing amazing things in sustainability as well. And I know that the brand has quite a broad scope when it comes to sustainability, and you're not one to focus too much on just one core aspect. Why is that so important to you? I think the words broad scope are really, really important to hammer home here because sustainability, when we, we've, sustainability has been part of our ethos since day one. It helps me sleep at night. You know, we wanted to always be a good business and a good brand. I think sustainability, when we started, you know, we didn't even use that term because no one actually knew what it was. I think even now people struggle to define it. Um, but I think sustainability is what we need to all be thinking about as an industry not just within the organic category but uh, you know we we are we produce a lot and also we have an addiction in our industry to newness and that's not a great thing from a sustainability point of view we're churning out products so we really need to be thinking about how do we do that in a more responsible way moving forward that is going to protect our people and our planet for pie in particular yeah Is there any innovation within sustainability, uh, perhaps within ingredients that you're particularly proud of and something that you felt really helped push the industry forward? I mean, there's quite a few, I think, um, and spanning different points. And I think talking about that kind of broad scope again, we, we are manufacturers and, you know, sustainability is so many aspects of the supply chain. Um, even from how you're producing, you know, how are you using your water? Are you, is it a closed loop system? All of these things. I think a few things stand out for me. I think a few years ago we did a big rebrand and that presented a great opportunity to sort of, um, make some further inroads, particularly on packaging. So we, we created a box, a carton that is now patent pending, which removed leaflets. 
and removed adhesives within the cotton. So it's just a simple thing. It was a very simple innovation, but it was about maximising the space on the cotton for, for all of the compliance information you've got to put on. So that was one little one on a packaging front. Um, I mean, we did lots more on top in terms of looking at the plastics we were using. We'd already done a lot in this space, but it was just... I often say it's about an iterative approach. Just every time you can do something, you do it. And it all builds to something bigger. Um, so but that was one packaging piece. But I'm really passionate about sustainability and ingredients. And um, last year, we launched a product that had six ingredients in it that came from either zero waste or were upcycled. And with no compromise on performance. That's the critical point. Being sustainable and being organic is not a compromise on performance. We have to change mindsets here. Um, and so, you know, and to explain to listeners, you know, who might not know what those terms mean. So an upcycled ingredient is something that you is otherwise waste and would go in the bin, um, is is basically being transformed and upcycled, so not recycled, but upcycled into something premium. So it's a beautiful concept. And what we're taking is lots of waste from the food industry, particularly the juicing industry. So lots of the seeds of fruits that would otherwise get thrown away and we're extracting the oils from them. And beautiful oils, omega rich oils, they're extraordinary, extraordinary oils. So that's one example. But the zero waste is where we're taking our waste and making sure that that's not getting thrown away. And that is then actually going to feed animals or goes into making natural um, fertilizers. So we're then feeding, we're doing something else with it at the end. So I think that that is the future. I think it's um, particularly in the organic space specifically, because of Obviously, we use a lot of natural ingredients. Um, so we're really proud of that. Um, I think the bit that is really exciting me at the moment is biotechnology. Mm -hmm. So um, and I we've made a lot of inroads here. We have quite a few ingredients that we probably started to utilise in the last few years. It's a fascinating space. And again, those people. People who and the natural naysayers saying you can't get performance from natural. I mean, look at these actives that are coming out from biotechnology. So, again, to explain what is what is it? You're taking microorganisms, enzymes, and through a fermentation process, you're creating an ingredient. And what's super sustainable about this is that you're not using land you're using an infinite supply so you're just reproducing off the same enzymes and microorganisms so it's plentiful it's very you know carbon neutral it actually upholds a lot of the tenets of of green chemistry it, it's just a fascinating space and that again has to be the future so if you're using natural ingredients that are coming from the ground in some shape or form then let's think about utilizing the waste or putting giving your waste back to nature but there there are these other very very scientific ways to create ingredients also coming from nature originally but in a way that is infinite yes i think that's a very important point that you make about this idea of they are coming from nature but that doesn't mean that we have to step away from science no. in order to get the most benefit and how perhaps can the industry as a whole maybe get a bit better at marketing green science so I'm a big believer that there tends to be quite a a conflict a contrast you have to either be this or that in beauty and obviously naturals come up against you know synthetic and we have sort of clean versus dirty mm. how can we market the future of 
organic, sustainable innovation in a way that maybe brings science and nature together so that people understand why organic beauty can be the right decision for them? That is the million dollar question, honestly. And it is, you know, I've been saying for many, many years in the face of people saying to me, well, you know, you can go natural or you can go, you know, you can go with the science in skincare. And obviously you'll get the performance from the scientific route. The idea that organic formulation isn't a deeply scientific process is nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's cosmetic chemistry is cosmetic chemistry. The only difference is you're using different natural ingredients or different ingredients. And actually natural formulation, organic formulation is that much harder. But it's so scientific. I mean, one of our lead formulators or our head of R&D has formulated for the industry, the wider industry, for 30 years. You know, he's made many of the brands you've ever heard of in the synthetic space. So he, he's, a, he's a cosmetic chemist through and through, as are his team. So we've just, we've got to sort of disconnect this idea that somehow natural formulation is, is still sort of done on a kitchen top with a, you know, with a whisk. It's advanced so much. You know, we talk a lot about plastics in the, in the industry. We talk about it in relation to, the, to what the product's housed in, you know, the tube, yes. right, and the, and the outer packaging and the end of life of that. And that's an incredibly important dialogue to have. You know, we, we are, you know, going back to the point that we're obsessed with newness, we are creating a lot of products, we're creating a lot of packaging. But we've got to think about what's in, the, in that bottle too. Absolutely. You know, and, um, but going back to your central point about, yes, I would say a certified organic formula is more efficient and more effective and will have more skin benefit and more remedial properties than a non-organic, I would say 100% true. And I often, you know, my my ultimate vision is in 5, 10, 15 years time, people will change the narrative and say, you can't get performance without organic. That's the dream. Thank you so much, Sarah. I feel like you've sort of burst open the doors on so many things when it comes to uh, this topic. And I'd love to pass over to Victoria now. And my main question, the same, is what does sustainable innovation really mean to you and to uh, Dr Organic in general? Well, in terms of sustainability, it's a term obviously that has quite far reaching uh, meaning to, to, to lots of different people in lots of different ways. For Dr Organic, there's an element of being accessible and inclusive. I think that's a really important part of sustainability. It's ensuring that you're still functional and enjoyable by design, but produced in a way that is socially and environmentally responsible. So I always think that it should be the best choice for people and planet. Brilliant. I love that. And I'm getting a lot of nods around me as well. I just need to put that on the mic because that's exactly, I think we all agree. And what innovations in particular have you seen sort of push sustainability forward, perhaps in the industry as a whole, but also within your own brand experience? Absolutely. For me, it's about making it easier for consumers. I think that's really, really important. Um, it, you know, you want them to make better, healthier choices. Um, so therefore, we've got a really important role to play um, in ensuring not that we just innovate for sustainability. You can just focus on sustainability and create a product. 
but you need to make sure that you still create a product that ha- meets a consumer need. So it's really that careful balance of making sure that you satisfy the consumer's need and also make sure that sustainability then in terms of each stage of development is brought into the thinking. Um, in terms of developments within Dr Organic, um, vitamin C, a huge trend, has been a huge trend for the last couple of years. Most products contain a synthetic source of vitamin C. So the way that we looked at that was we turned it on its head. Vitamin C, naturally abundant in, in nature. So we actually sourced an organic guava extract that contains four times more vitamin C than oranges. So delivering vi- the vitamin C trend, but delivering it in a much more sustainable way. Um, same with our seaweed range. Um, our organic seaweed is harvested from Scotland. It's hand cut. It's managed carefully to protect biodiversity but again meets a huge trend huge need in terms of obviously consumer demand so i think it's really important that you look to nature for the answers rather than thinking that you have to develop it in in a synthetic way for example and i'm sure you have a lot to say on the topic of what sarah was discussing earlier this idea of organic certification is as much going to be a mark of product quality as it is to be about sustainability and I'd love to get your thoughts on how we can push in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. For me, um, you know, with the lack of legislation, it's really, really confusing for consumers and for retailers. You know, wh- whose claims do you believe? So, you know, for us, you know, the independent certification that Soil Association um, offers, obviously here in the UK, which is the Cosmos standard, leading global standard, really for me helps to give consumers and retailers confidence in the brands that they want to support. Um, so it's it's a simple way of kind of, you know, accreditation equals confidence for consumers and customers. And, you know, retailers have got a really important role um, in helping brands like Dr Organic to get into the hands of consumers. And this is one way that we can give that confidence because it's a big commitment. It's a big commitment for any brand to go for accreditation, for independent accreditation. Soil Association don't make it easy and that is... The, the, the right way, you know, we should make sure that we meet many, many different standards across the board. Um, and it's not just ingredients. That's what I love about the, the Cosmos Organic Standard. It's not just the ingredients that are the focus. It's the complete supply chain, which is really, really important in terms of product development. It's lovely hearing you talk, Victoria, because I just, you know, agree with everything so much that you're saying. I was thinking something you said just, just at the beginning was about you know, really embracing the commerciality point. It's got to be fulfilling a Absolutely. genuine customer need and skin need. It can't It can't just be us kind of, you know, flying the flag for sustainability alone. Um, and actually, I it just made me think of a really, really interesting conversation I had with a, a customer. It was a mum I met on holiday. And we just got talking and she said, I don't know where to start. I want to buy well. I just want to buy well. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, I want to buy well for me and my skin and the fact that I want to age well. It's bamboozling. I don't know where to start. I want brilliant quality product, but I just want to buy purposefully you know, and well, as in I want to make a good choice and an ethical choice. It just, it really hammered home that point. The, the two go hand in hand. Absolutely. It is about you know, making someone feel good about the choice they've made, but fundamentally it's got to work. Yeah. 
and yeah. and and our products do right you know yeah, we absolutely. we passionately believe that they work better absolutely and for me you know the easier we make it for consumers the more that we will have an impact. Consumers want us, they expect us to make it easy for them. So we've got a really important role to play in making sure that we communicate in the right way, obviously, to the consumer. And again, you know, um, the accreditation is a really fantastic way that we can communicate those values to consumers. And it's almost like a mark of trust, isn't it? You know, when you see that little logo, um, it gives that consumer's confidence that they, they are making the right choice. Because like you say, Everybody wants the product to work for them. Um, ultimately, we're all slightly selfish in that way, of course. Um, you know, we want great, fantastic, high-quality products, um, but we want what I call to make a conscious choice. I always say it's it's like giving yourself a pat on the back mm. that you've made the right choice, not just for yourself, but for the environment as well. Almost like it does the hard work for you when you see that Soil Association organic logo on a beauty or wellbeing product. You know there's not going to be ingredients in there that have been linked to negative effects on the environment and also on human health, um, which I mentioned earlier on as well. Other things as well that it guarantees, you know, it guarantees you're cruelty free. Yes. Um, you know, it guarantees that you're protecting biodiversity. It guarantees no genetically modified organisms. It's so much more than just that little symbol. And that's why Dr. Organic decided that was the right route for us because it, you know, it offered the consumer so much in terms of yes to and no to um, and give them that additional confidence in, 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 like you said, nobody understands, you know, maybe apart from kind of brands like me, I've got Latin names of, of plants in my head, which my <laughs> husband loves me getting out of Scrabble at Christmas. Um, but for me, you know, you know, most consumers don't understand. They may not recognise, um, you know, a coconut oil or or an aloe vera, but there's many ingredients within that they don't, they don't understand, particularly naturally derived ingredients, which their chemical names, you yeah, would never know exactly. that they were yes. derived from nature. So, uh, so yeah, it's really important um, that you, they use that as a guiding guiding light, really, in, in making their choices. I'm just fascinated that you're using those inky names for, in Scrabble. Because <laughs> I've, never, I've never thought of doing that. Um, for, for, Are they, do they count? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, they should. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Should. But, oh. I mean, just going back to your point, Victoria, I, I wonder how much people understand the breadth of Soil Association certification. Yeah. I do yeah. think people still think it's how a plant's grown in the yes. soil, and yeah. they don't think about you know even biodegradability of what happens when it Absolutely. when it washes down into our rivers and oceans. You know that end of life point too. I, I you know I I think some of our own team may not even know yes. the full extent of what yes. you cover, and it's again you know going back to your point, Becky. You know how do we how do we market that, and yeah. how do we communicate that? Because that's what was a big driver for me in the very early days of Pie is to say, okay, it's the, it's the breadth of goodness here yes, that um, is so important. I always say that um, we in many ways should flip the narrative and say, what is luxury now? And I think the ultimate luxury is products that work, but products that care. And mm. if you have the ability to invest in yourself and in a product, why wouldn't you invest in the planet and Absolutely. everyone yeah, yes. point. around you? And the, you know, the citizen femme read that I, you know, write um, for, but also speak to on a day to day basis is increasingly saying, you know, the luxurious feeling has to come as much from how it makes me feel rather than just... Mm -hmm oh, that's really pretty packaging yes. nowadays. We've gone 
beyond that. And I think, as you say, I hope that sustainable logos are actually going to be the mark where if you get it out in public or it's on your bathroom cabinet, that's the sign. Oh, OK. Oh, kudos. You know. She knows. Yeah, 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 She's yeah. invested or yeah. he um, has invested in a product that has had the innovation so much behind it. I'm going to sashay, hopefully, into a topic um, that is very important to Citizen Femme readers, and that is travel. Um, Our um, readers in particular tend to be sort of business women constantly on the go. And I find it when I travel, you end up either getting the sort of product minis um, and or you buy something at the airport and you leave it at your hotel at the end of the day. How can we innovate within beauty from a travel lens to maybe get to a place where perhaps our travel beauty routines are a little bit more sustainable? I think formats play a huge role. Um, I think, you know, we're seeing some fantastic kind of zero waste, solid, concentrated formats really coming to the forefront, Um, you know, and they're getting better and better. It's probably fair to say in the early days, they didn't have comparable performance Mm. and you really had to be what I would call committed um, to the (laughs) cause. Um, But we've seen a huge amount of innovation in this area over the last few years. Um, You know, for me, the solid format continues to improve and improve um, and is going to be across so many different product categories now, skincare, bath body. So I think that's a really great sustainable way. But I also think it's about encouraging kind of reuse and refill as well. It's not a huge investment to, to, to commit to a kind of refillable set of bottles. Um, and as long as obviously you're carefully kind of decanting the products and, and, and you know, have a, a fair amount of hygiene in terms of obviously how you're using the products, that's probably one of the most sustainable ways um, is that you just take enough product for your journey with you um, and then obviously keep keep reusing the bottles. But yeah, for me, those are probably two ways that we could really encourage consumers is to that kind of refill philosophy and also formats looking at more sustainable concentrates and bar formats yeah totally agree i think um a couple of additions to that would be you know i I think a lot of people if they're going for a mini break say or a shorter shorter trip may take single use samples single use sachets i mean they literally drive me mad i can't bear sachets and actually, it's an ongoing debate internally at Pi of people because I understand there's so much cheaper to produce. There's so much more yeah. practical. You can reach so many more people with so many more samples. But I have to keep saying it's a hard no. We can't. We've got to stop producing. We can't produce sachets. Um, but there are. I'm pleased to say some early movements in this space um i've seen a couple of interesting things to explore i don't i don't know how viable they are i don't know again i think to your point victoria sometimes this is there is an iterative approach to this stuff you know and it gets a bit better in time with more and more innovation but that's the space i think we need to look at because actually there is so much sampling done and so much sort of single use packaging out there that is fundamentally not sustainable and also not even used sadly just you know you see all those sachets stuck to magazine pages Mm -hmm. you know a lot of them don't even get used they just get thrown away and we so I think that's one particular area to look at well there's the other one I was sort of thinking about it's just generally the use of of plastics now in packaging and and the smaller usage 
um, just looking at more viable plastics that, yeah, we, that you can recycle. But Yeah, and absolutely. We've made huge leaps, I think it's fair to say, in packaging development mm. over the last few years. When you go back, you know, we, we are still an industry that's very heavily reliant on plastic. Um, you know, so it, it's really we need the packaging developers to really come to the forefront with these ideas. And we are seeing innovations in this area, you know, compostable, biodegradable, uh, plant based material. Mm. And like anything, it all takes a little bit of time. You know, at some point we're going to reach a, a position where that will become hopefully the number one viable option for us to, to, to move into more travel sizes and sampling. Because let's be fair, sampling, especially in skincare, play, does play an important role. It does, role, it does. You know? yeah. um, most people don't want to commit um, to, to buying a new regime of products until they've tried it. So mm. it is really hard because I agree with you. It, it's kind of, you know, like a necessary evil, mm. but how, how can you do it in the most sustainable way? Um, so I, I do think that we are seeing... Uh, big strides within the packaging industry where there are more and more coming coming to the forefront. But the important is they need to make it affordable as well at the moment. Um, and it all comes with volume, doesn't it? The more and more we normalise yes. the use of those types of materials, the lower the cost becomes. So hopefully we'll see a huge drive with all the plastic taxes and everything else that is currently being legislated. Strangely, packaging is more legislated than the, the formulations themselves yes, from a sustainability yeah, perspective, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Another point we touched upon, um, actually, while we weren't recording, which I found really fascinating, was this idea of existing product development. I'd love to hear a little bit more from both of you of what that means and why actually it should be more of a focus. I mean, it's something we're, we're looking at a lot at Pine, and we, we did a launch last year, which was classic what we call EPD, existing product development. Um, so we, we will have some formulas that are seven or eight years old. And had we had the some of the new ingredients available now, then we would have put those ingredients in that formula. So rather than just create a new another new product that's similar, maybe a sim- another kind of similar format, why not reformulate that product with those new innovations? And not just ingredients, actually, we did it in packaging too. So we're able to use, um, introduce a new mist header that's 100% recyclable. So it's these little things, but actually it became this new entity. And I, I and I think brands are quite scared of reformulating an existing hero, maybe because because it's got an existing following. But we would only ever do it if we knew we could exponentially improve the, that product for that customer at the end of the day. And so this is what I would love to see more of: is that rather than just churning out newness for the sake of newness and often under the pressure of retailers. So one of the things we're talking about is that brands are under huge pressure from retailers to produce something new every year or multiple things that are new every year. It's really obviously not sustainable. It's just not the way we should be operating. We should be encouraged more and more to do EPD, Um, improving what we have rather than just producing more. Um, and then just, you know, but you can remarket that product. And we did really effectively. And actually, it's now selling way better than the original did, which was already a good seller. So I think that's an area we don't talk about enough, this obsession with newness and what it's doing um, for our planet. Yeah, I agree. Same with Dr. Organic. Um Innovation, you're constantly, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel in many cases. For us, existing product development has actually been 
the biggest strategy that we've been focused on over the last couple of years. One, because we wanted to make sure that we could transition the majority of the range to the Cosmos organic standard. And in doing so, um, we made even more improvements to the formulations in terms of sourcing the fragrances that, you know, everything else that was in that product. Um, but also, like Pi, also looking at the packaging. Again, huge leaps in innovation over the years. So one of the biggest change, one of the biggest swaps that we've made is on our body washes, shampoos and conditioners um, is we've replaced the plastic material with 100% recycled plastic, um, which is ocean-bound plastic. So it's ocean uh, plastic that would end up in our oceans if it wasn't collected from things like river mouths and river banks. And just doing that change means that we've saved over 40,000 tonnes of virgin plastic within our supply chain. So again, it, I, I totally think that EPD should be something that retailers also champion continuous improvement, making things continuously better because the innovations quite often are in ingredients, packaging and in other ways that you can incorporate into your into your existing portfolio. Um, so that's really important. But it, it is with change comes uncertainty. Um, and again, you need to make sure that you take your your consumers on that journey with you. So one of our big communication marketing strategies has been about those changes and why we've made the changes and why those changes are better for them and better for the environment. Well, before we um, completely wrap up, I'd love to know, um, starting perhaps with you, Paige, what is your big hope? Let's say for the next year. So we have Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week. Um, off the back of that amazing um, event and these activities, everything that's going on, if we were to sit down in this room a year on from now, where do you hope we're going to be? I would really like consumers to be making that link of organic to climate change and other crises we're facing. We know that consumers are concerned about climate change. We know that they want to shop more ethically. They want to shop in a way that doesn't harm the environment. But we also know they are not always making that link to organic as a viable solution. And that's really what the aim of this year's Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week campaign is. It's to make that really clear link to how certified organic is a solution to the climate crisis and is climate action. So one really important statistic that we're running with in this campaign is that the use of nitrogen fertilisers, which are used in non-organic agriculture, but they're not allowed to be used in organic agriculture, they contribute to 25% of the nitrogen air pollution in London which is crazy. You know, you think agriculture, maybe if you live in an urban area, it doesn't affect you. But that shows it really does. It's not just the immediate area of the farm that's being affected by that. Um, and also when we look at carbon, organic soils on organic farms store two times as much carbon as non-organic. They're an excellent carbon sink, keeping more of that out of the atmosphere. So when we talk about, um, you know, terms like net zero, climate change, etc., organic is a tried and tested solution. But also when it comes to the beauty industry in particular, we need consumers to be recognising they need to look for that logo to make sure the product really is organic and has ingredients that definitely have come from that system of agriculture that is better for the planet. 
Wonderful. And over to you, Victoria, what are your thoughts if you were back in this room a year from now? What I'd love is to reverse the communication. I want consumers to be going into retailers and asking where are your Cosmos organic brands? Yes. Um, so for me, that is where, you know, these kind of events like the, 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 the Booty Week really hopefully will shine a spotlight to really support brands like us and making sure that they can get into the hands of the consumer. So, yeah, that would be my my wish. I would love to see, you know, consumers really taking that message into store um, online and actually actively seeking, you know, Cosmos organic brands and therefore driving that demand up even further, um, you know, because that is how we're going to make a difference. We, we need those consumers to understand that they've got a really important role to play. And the more that they seek out brands like us, the more that we will obviously make a difference. Of course, I think that's a very powerful statement. And a final conclusion. I mean, I agree with all of these comments, by the way. I, yeah, I think um, just taking Victoria's point another step, further is not just well first of all the customer just look for the logo please just look for the logo if we had just five percent of the population looking for yes. a logo that would have huge impact i'd love 55 percent. i'd love 100 percent. but I'll, I'll settle for five just just please it takes a second look for a logo look for an established organic logo um, because you're making a difference um, and you're voting with your wallet so that would be the first thing the second thing i would say is not just, yes, agree, go into store and ask for these products because it will drive up the demand, but actually retailers playing their part. Absolutely. And, you know, actually having dedicated, you know, natural, organic, ethical zones in their stores, but actually seeing, playing their part in sustainability. Because some do, many don't. They have a huge role to play. Because fundamentally, if they just stocked more, more people would buy them because they'd have access to them. Yes. It is as simple as that. I they totally have agree. they have a huge responsibility yes. here, which many are not taking and should be. Um, and instead, we're fixating on this newness all of the time and the and the wrong. Yes, uh, it, that, that's where the that's where the power lies in the immediate yeah. next year. Right in twelve months' time, if a few more retailers were doing that, that would be great because that again would have a huge knock on effect. Yeah, I totally agree that, you know, especially the big retailers, they've got a huge role to play. They influence people's buying decisions by the brands that they stock. Um, the more that they commit to more sustainable, you know, offerings within store, like we, like we just said, the more that we're going to get into the hands of consumers and the more that consumers will, will want that to be a part of their everyday lives. So, yeah, I totally agree. They've got a huge role. But <laughs> it has to be authentically yes. done, right? Yes. And... and and I'm, I'm not going to name any names, right? But there's a lot of retailers claiming to be doing the right thing here and having natural parts to their, to oh, their yes. offering that are not that are not organic, that are not sustainable, saying all the right things. But I'm sorry to say, if a brand says there's something, it doesn't automatically mean it's no. true. Just because you say you're something, it does not mean it's true. Look for the logo. And actually, that that is what we're often seeing in the retail spaces is efforts to move in this direction and have a more, more ethical offering, but actually not doing their homework or just sort of turning a blind eye because, oh, well, it's a huge brand and it's, oh, it's huge marketing yeah, budgets. And so they're sort of dropping the ball at the last hurdle. They're just not doing the due diligence or intentionally not doing it because they just actually really need that brand in their offering. And so it, then the whole thing doesn't ring true. So it's got to be authentically done. Yeah. 
I, I, you know, again, not to name names, we won't name names, but there are a number of big retailers <laughs> yeah. that do not stock any Cosmos Organic yeah. certified brands. Yeah. Um, There's so, a really big one and we are the only one. Oh. Can you believe that? We're the only one. And you know what? The, I mean, the responsibility lies with brands, us do. So us organic brands need to, you know, right at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about, you know, being organic isn't a compromise on performance, yes. right? We need to show that evidence yeah. our yes. formulas and the more we can do that through and it's expensive user yeah. trials clinical trials but the Again, more we can it is a big commitment but if we can evidence and say yeah. you know and and they're amazing natural peptides now that outperform synthetic yes. peptides right evidence it yeah. Yeah. show 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 so that it becomes a no-brainer for that retailer to say okay well actually it's a high-performing natural brand. Yeah. It isn't a compromise. Yes. And it's in beautiful packaging and, and, and. Yeah. That's what we've got to do is to show that there is just no compromise anymore yeah. and you're getting better. You're only getting better. I totally agree. I think we had, like you said, no compromise. No compromise for you, no compromise for the planet. Just makes it easier for everybody. I'm a big supporter of, of, of you know, uh, claim substantiation, making sure you yes. reinforce how great your products are. Um, you know, the ageless range, independent studies, moisturisation tests, you know, derma tests, making sure that we can deliver on that message that, you know, you're not making a compromise. Um, the results, The results speak for themselves. Yeah. I used to say um, increasingly to, uh, you know, friends, but also readers at Citizen Femme, oh, just ask the brand a question. Um, And if they don't give you a particularly uh, straightforward answer, go elsewhere. There's plenty of brands willing to give that information. I'd say that actually for next year, I would actually advise the brand should be already telling you. I think we're getting to that point that the customer's are slowly asking more questions but actually I do think the most empowering thing would be to go as you say into a store and that question's already answered for you and it's open and the answer is here's our certification here's our clinical trials here's our evidence for everything we say so that you almost don't have to search for the answers they are so willingly gift wrapped because the brands believe so strongly in it yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it comes back to us as brands is to, you know, don't make our customer work hard yes. <laughs> to establish something. And I think sometimes we have, but that's again where these logos are so, that's why Soul Association logo is so brilliant because you don't, you don't need to work hard. You can just turn around the bottle and see the logo there. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's up to us. Thank you so much to Sarah, Victoria and Paige. What fascinating insights into the future of sustainable beauty. For more information on what we have discussed today, please visit not only the Citizen Femme website, but also the Soil Association, Pi and Dr Organic, where you can find all this information and more. And I'm just going to pass over to Paige for even more information on how you can find out more about Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week. Thanks, Becky. Yes, we'd love to get as many people involved in the campaign as possible. If you type Organic Beauty and Wellbeing Week into your search bar, it will come up with our dedicated campaign page where you can download the One Small Swap Asset Pack. 
This is a free asset pack, which has our main um, retro balloon graphic that we're using for this year's campaign, which is uh, very nice. It's actually a graphic we've resurrected from a campaign that was done by Soil Association Certification in the 1970s, which really goes to show the provenance we have in this area. Um, And along with that, we've also created some frames that you can use on Instagram, Facebook, wherever, where you can... Um, put in a picture of the one small swap you are going to make this Organic Beauty Week. And I should say as well, uh, for the first time this year, we are partnering with Whole Foods Market UK um, on a beauty and toiletries amnesty. So if you're London-based, you can go into any Whole Foods store in London with your non-certified, not very environmentally friendly beauty or toiletry products, bring it in, you will get a voucher which you can use to buy a beauty or wellbeing product in Whole Foods, most of which are certified by us. Um, And what's really nice about this campaign is the any products that are um, unopened or partially used are going to be donated to Toiletries Amnesty, which is a charity that connects people living in hygiene poverty with toiletries and beauty products. So you're making one small swap, you're pledging to use a more environmentally friendly product, but you know, you're also helping people at the same time. So really looking forward to that. That is going to be running the 20th of September to the 3rd of October. Wonderful. So many ways to get involved. Thank you again, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.